So today I want to share with you uh, what I, I feel the Lord has put on my heart. And um, before I get started, uh, I want to say that Emily Zachary is getting married in just a few days. Tom and Barbara, are, are we good with this? I get a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got to, to meet this young man, but we know Emily and uh, we're so thankful and excited for her. And you know what feels good about all this? It's like there's some normalcy in the craziness that's going on. People still are growing in love, right? They're wanting to get married, which I think is fantastic. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy for them. And uh, congratulations, Barbara and Tom. I, I think just in a few short days, uh, they will be what we call tying the knot or jumping over the broom, whatever you want to call it. And we want to celebrate with them, even in the midst of this chaotic season that we're in. And I, I was thinking about that little bitty girl that uh, grew up to be such a beautiful young lady. And it reminded me of another young lady in my life whose name is Carly. And Carly is uh, our oldest daughter, Kim and I's oldest. And uh, we, ha- we got to experience a wedding. The performance, the putting together, the expense of a wedding and you, you first start off by buying lots and lots of magazines, wedding magazines, you know, all these to-do lists. And then there's hours and hours and hours of torture watching Say Yes to the Dress. It's torture, guys. You, you don't want to experience that. There were moments that I, I walked into the living room and I could have had an altar call. My wife had tears streaming down her face watching say yes to the dress being touched by certain stories and every so often I could hear her say oh that's awful and sometimes oh that's so pretty guys you do not want to experience that show it's not a healthy show for men but all of this comes together and I I, I remember you know, we decided we were going to feed everyone at the wedding. That was a mistake. No, it wasn't. We were going to feed everyone that came to the wedding. And it, the number had gotten up to 350 people. <coughs> Excuse me. And they came to us, and Carly and Mikey said, actually, here's 150 more names. And we said, uh, we're, no, we can't go any further than, than where we're at. But, you know, you have so many people that you want to invite because it's a joyous time. It's a celebration. And with that, uh, l- let me show you. Here's a picture I want to show you. This is the transformation. And that building was empty. But this is what happens. When, when you take this big, big building and you rent chairs, tables, you, you get the silverware, the china, the food, the servants, the blah, 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 the wait, wait people. And it, and it can turn into something very, very beautiful. Is there another one that we can show? Um, I'm not sure if we have another one or not. But we, we were so excited to uh, have them get married because my prayer has always been this. God, whoever my girls marry, A, I want them to love God. I think that's important. B, I want them to love my daughter. Right? And C, I want them to have a job. Come on, somebody. And he met all the qualifications. And so we were, we were excited and uh, so happy to be part of that. But you know what? 
there's another wedding that's getting ready to happen, and it's a spiritual one. And I, I want to talk a, a little bit about that today. And as I get started, I want to talk about Advent, because a, a lot of people, um, they hear this word and they don't necessarily know what it means. Advent, I want to talk about living in between, living in between. Um, Advent simply means an arrival of another person, thing, or event. And so when we're looking at the difference between an event and Advent, it's, they're totally different. Event is real casual. It's just something that happens. But Advent is, is cosmic. I mean, it's, it, it, it is amazing. What it, I heard one preacher say this. He said, Advent is the preparation of the celebration of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Let me say it again. It's the preparation for the celebration of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And that's the first part of Advent. What is incarnation? That is, that is when Jesus became flesh. It's what we celebrate at Christmas time, approximately 2,000 years ago. But it doesn't stop there. There's more to this definition. Because every time you think about the manger, it's actually it's overshadowed. And this is what Kaylee was talking about earlier. It's overshadowed by the cross. Because we, we understand that, yeah, he was born in a manger. And he lived. He died. But he rose again. And he lives forevermore. And he showed himself uh, during the people uh, af after he had risen. In fact, there was one time there was a crowd of 500 people that, that witnessed him. Uh, and he rose into the heavenlies. And from now on until he's coming back, and until that happens, we're in something that's called the church age. And this, this church age is living between these two Advents that we're celebrating. Of course, Advent is, is celebrated at Christmas time. It's, it's basically the four Saturdays or the Sundays uh, before Christmas. I want to take this a little bit further, and I, I want us to dwell on the dual focus that Advent brings, because the second aspect, and, and I want to quote this preacher again, it's the anticipation of the coronation of our salvation. You say, well, you got a lot of nations going on in there. I understand, but it's the anticipation of the coronation of of our salvation. It's looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And as believers, that shouldn't just give us confidence. That should give us Godfidence. Can I get a good amen, somebody? When I see what's going on today, the terrorism, the mayhem, the racism, all the ridiculous decisions that so-called smart people called politicians are making right now. Can I get an amen? amen. The craziness that's come. I, I'm going to tell you, you, you would think that they would have some common sense, but common sense isn't common. It's uncommon in a lot of our politics. I mean, trying to make it okay for someone to break into your home and steal your things because they could possibly be hungry. How can that possibly be correct? Yeah, this is really, a, it's, it's a true thing that one politician tries, is trying to pass. That it's okay for someone to 
break into your home. I say, let them break into the politician's home. Let them threaten their family and then make the rule. See how, just, let's just see if it comes to pass. Get rid of their security department. Get rid of their guns. Ooh. Common sense isn't common anymore. There's mayhem. There's so much going on. In fact, can I give you just my opinion? Now, this isn't Bible. This is my opinion. Is it okay if I do that? You can take it or leave it. But I believe that the coronavirus is the forerunner of the Antichrist. Something that could shut down a world. Think about it. Can shut down businesses. Could make you invisible. You think about it. We, we are living in such times. And I, 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 think, I think for us that we, we need to go back and we're going we're gonna to have to get back to the basics of, of there's someone that's going to have to pay for all this and someone is going to pay. The Bible says that God's saying, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And he, he's going to repay this evil. Uh, when you see this injustice, you, my, my mind goes back to the first man and woman in the garden. They were sinless. They, they, they were living a beautiful life. And, of course, they fell into sin. That's the short story. And, and God actually took an animal, and possibly it, it, it may have been a lamb. We don't really know. But we do know that innocent blood was shed so that Adam and Eve's sins could be covered. In fact, they the animal skins, and possibly while they were still wet with blood, were put on Adam and Eve. And this would atone for sins. It's a foreshadowing of what would take place in the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. That an innocent third party would have to pay the price that only in the Old Testament would cover the sins for a year. But thank God that we have someone called Jesus Christ, who's the Lamb of God, who was able to pay the price of what we could not afford by the innocent blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, and he takes away the sin of the world by washing away our sin. Big difference, isn't it? It doesn't just cover it for just a year, but now our sins are washed away. How? Well, this was all a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do. He would be the Lamb of God who would shed innocent blood, the innocent third party so that we would be able to walk in a new life that we would uh, talk about being covered man we, we are just covered by God's love and I, I, what I what I think is so amazing when you think about this it doesn't stop there he's saying now I paid the price for your salvation but I've got to go away and I, I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to build you personally a place of everything that you ever loved and liked in your life. I am building it for you. And I am coming back. And when I come back, I will take care of the devil, his demons and all this mayhem. And I will come back to earth and I will rule and reign and of my kingdom, there shall never be an end. Praise God. I love that. 
so when you think about Advent, and we're at the Christmas season, and you know we love talking about baby Jesus, and yes, Mary actually kissed the face of God. You, mean, you start thinking about how awesome all this is, but there's a second part to Advent that we, we must remember that it, it doesn't end with this. He is coming back again for his people, and he will right all the wrongs in life. And he will take care of the devil at that point. So I want, I want to go back to a wedding again because Jesus talks about weddings. And if you have your Bibles today, I want you to get ready to turn to Matthew 25. And the, the Bible talks about how there was these ten young ladies. The, the Bible says five were wise and five were foolish. They were unwise. And, and a lot of you have heard this story before. And they were waiting. And I, I think here's the foreshadowing again. They were waiting. They didn't know when the, the groom was going to come. But they were anticipating him to come. And the Bible says that five of them were wise. In other words, they had oil in their lamps. But they had extra oil. Because when they went from house to house or wherever they were going to go. They weren't going to run out of oil. But the five foolish didn't have enough. So the other five that were foolish went to the wise because they, they heard the bridegroom coming like down the street. And they said, oh, please, wise five, give us some of your oil. And they said, no can do because then there's not enough for us. And get your own oil. And so the five foolish went, ha! And they went and ran to 7-Eleven. And they got some oil. And when they came back, now here's the sad part. The parade was done and over. And, and this is where we're going to pick up the story in Matthew 25 and verse 10. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins, or these bridemaids, who were ready, went with him. Everyone say, who were ready. Yeah, they had more than enough oil. Went in with him to the wedding banquet. Notice this. And the door was shut. I'm going to tell you, there's coming a time when the door will be shut and people will not be able to make things right at that point. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you. What did he say? I don't have a relationship with you. I don't know you. Let that sink in for a second. This is a holy pause that's happening right now. I don't have a relationship with you. I don't know. There's no intimacy between you and I. Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep Watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. You know what is amazing about this story? All ten of these women all had oil. In other words, they were believers. Let that sink in. And, and that, that is scary for some individuals who don't have a relationship who think it's all about do's and don'ts and rules. And if I do this, then I'm saved. No. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, 
that you don't get in to this wedding party because you do not have a relationship. In other words, these, these women who tried to get the oil from the five wise, you, you can't buy a relationship. You can invest yourself into one, but you can't buy somebody else's relationship. Can I get a good amen? I, I, this, is, this is serious. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You just can't buy it. You, you can't steal oil from somebody else and make it into heaven. We need some fresh oil. Everyone say fresh oil. We need fresh oil of walking and talking with Jesus. I, I'm, I'm so thankful for the heavenly places that we were just in just a few moments ago. And, and, and I'm telling you, when we were singing, Worthy is your name, Jesus. Talk about intimacy. Talk about relationship. There, there's nothing like being in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I, I feel his presence right now. And with that comes accountability. And, I, and this, is, this is where you, you need to live, like the Bible says, walk in sanctification. But you, you can't just have the do's and the don'ts of, well, I, I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this. You know what I'm talking about? And I have a lot of friends who think that that's how they're saved. And the Bible is totally against that kind of salvation. It says, no, I, you won't make it in if that's all you've got. Come on. If that's all you've got is do's and don'ts, you don't have a relationship with him. That's a dictatorship. And he died to give you relationship. He's dying to have a relationship with you. Every day. Every day. That's, that's why I say give God the first 15 minutes of your morning. Because a lot of times your day leaves and you, it just, there's nothing left. Reading his love letter. Listening to some praise and worship. Man, right... Everywhere you go, you, you can hear the gospel in stores. I, I think that's awesome. They're, they're singing Christmas songs. Let's look at Luke chapter 12. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there because with this accountability, we're going to be responsible. What did I do with the gifts that God gave me? What did I do with the abilities that he gave me? Luke chapter 12. The first thing that we need to do, now this is where this is this is where in the message the application comes, all right? This is where you can apply this into your life. And this is the first thing that you need to do. Dress up. Say, so, well, Pastor, you don't look very dressed up today. I'm not talking about that kind of dressed up. Stay with me, dressed up. Everybody say dress up. The Bible says the moment that we become believers. We are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? That's, that's what the word says. And so we're dressed up. Each and every day, we have to put on our dressy clothes. What are our dressy clothes? It is the armor of God. That's what we need to put on. This helmet of salvation. You, you need something to protect your mind. Believe me, and especially in 2020, you need that helmet. 
And you, you've got this breastplate of righteousness. You've got the sword of the Spirit. You, you've, you've got the, the shield of faith. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you've got the armor of God. And the Bible even takes it a step further and says, put on the garment of what? Praise. Put on the garment of praise. So in this story, we have these servants. They had no idea when their master was coming back. And man, you, you talk about a foreshadowing. That we don't know when Jesus is coming. We know Man, it's, it's got to be really soon. It, it's closer than it's ever been. And, and we see these, these servants, and they're getting the house in order because they are expecting the master to come back. I'm asking you today, make sure your house is in order. Where do you stand with Jesus Christ? Is it all about do's and don'ts, or is it relationship that you have that you want to live according to his word i'm trying to let this sink in because a lot of people they maybe they've been in different other kind of religions and they were told well if i can do certain things maybe 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 i'll be saved no there's nothing that you can do to gain your salvation because it's already been paid, folks. It's already been done by Jesus Christ. What we do is we allow the Lord to, to fill our lives with more of his presence. Aren't you glad that, that you, what you just felt earlier, you were being filled with more of the oil of the Holy Spirit? That, didn't that feel good? And I, I just felt so full, even in practice. Man, I, I just... I just felt like oil was splashing all over the place because I was just so full as a vessel. We've got to allow God to cut and trim the wicks of our oil too so that we can have a productive flame. It's just like the Bible talks about the pruning. You know, we don't want to do that always. It doesn't always feel good, does it? But we allow him to cut away things out of our life. Some of the, the speech that we have said that's negative. Some of the thoughts that we just let fester in our minds. Ooh. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I know you've got your Sunday religious face on today. And those that are watching, you got your Sunday religious face and your pajamas on. Welcome to church. But you're going to have to let God trim the wick. You're going to have to let him prune you so that you can be more productive. Cut some things back so that you can bloom better and have more fruit. That's what the Bible says. So that's the first thing. We've got to dress up. We've got to put on the, this garment of praise. We, we, we need, man, we, we've got to put on our outfits, don't we? The armor of God. And the second one is going to be funny to some of you. The second thing we've got to do is, after we dress up, we've got to light up. Not that kind of lighting up I'm talking about. I'm talking about this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We got to light up. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So if he is the light and he is inside of you, then you should be shining the light. And if you're not shining the light, then he's not very bright inside of you. 
build up the relationship. See how easy this is? You just got to, every day, God, thank you for this. I talk with him almost all day long. Every chance I get, I, the sky today, God, is just awesome. Look at these trees. If you drive out this way, and you, uh, I, I believe this is Wyoming Springs that's going this way behind our church, and look at that row of trees. The color, I took a picture of it yesterday. I had to wait till there was no traffic. <laughs> I, I took a picture of that. It's beautiful. I said, God, you're, you're so creative. Even in dying, it's beautiful. He, he's showing us all kinds. He'll, he'll teach you everything you need to know if you just stop and listen. You need to light up you, because he is the light of the world. Let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to dress in the dark? Some of you have. Maybe some of you today did. I don't know. If you dress in the dark, you're, you're going to make a, a, a fashion that looks freaky. I just say that. Uh, you got to get dressed in the light, right? So if you're going to put on the garment of praise, you've you, you got to do it in the light. Now, at my age, I mean, I used to really be into and love fashion. But as I get older, I'm, I'm more into feel. How does it feel? Can I get a good witness? I mean, the colors don't have to match. It can be stripes and squares. I don't know, but no, it's not that bad. But it has a little bit to do with what I wear because I like the way it feels. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, stretchy pants people. You had them on at Thanksgiving, didn't you? But we got to get dressed in the light. And the Bible says that these servants were waiting, and they didn't know when the master was coming back. They were dressed up, and they were lighting up. Let's look at Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. It says, keep your lamps burning. There you go. This is what Jesus is telling us. Keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. Well, that's what our master's going to do. He's, he's going to come and take us to this wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately, notice that word, immediately open the door for him. And he says this warning. It would be good for those servants whose master finds them watching. And when every time we look in the Bible, we, we see two words that, that kind of come into play. And the first one is purity. You've got to have that light shining, but also urgency. Whenever we think about Jesus coming back, there is purity and urgency. And I guess my question to you today is, are you pure? You say, well, pastor, I've done this this week. Are you pure? If not, then in your relationship with God, say, God, I've messed up this week. He, 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 it's okay. He can handle it. You say, God, just forgive me. I, I messed up. I, I wasn't pure this week. I, I said some words I should have never said. I saw something I should have never seen. I did something I should have never done. God, just forgive me and help me in that area. I'm hoping this sinks in. Live pure lives. Why? Because you are clothed 
in righteousness. You are clothed in righteousness. My, my father was an old-time Pentecostal preacher, and uh, he would always ask the question, is there any conversation or anything you've done this past week that would embarrass you knowing that Jesus Christ was sitting right next to you when you did it? Ouch. And it's, it's a pretty interesting thought. And Christ is coming back. And when he comes, is, is there anything that we, that we did this week that we would be embarrassed knowing he was right there with us while we did it, while we said it? Come on, somebody. And then there should be this urgency. This world is, sadly, is just not getting better. In fact, the Bible says it's going to get worse. And don't, I'm glad you came to church today, and I would love to give you a positive message, but the Bible says it's... It, it, to expect this to happen. So there should be this urgency to serve, to sow our resources into individuals, to share with others who desperately need it. That, that's why I'm inviting you again. Pass these to your neighbors. Pass these to your family. Give these to your coworkers. Maybe you work at school. Get a handful of these and, and, and let's... Let every home know that they are loved by Jesus Christ and us. And here's the last thing I want to share with you. We're going to dress up. We're going to light up. But also, we're going to wait up. We're going to wait up. These ladies were waiting up. Children, you cannot get them to sleep Christmas Eve. It's just one of the hardest things, isn't it? Those who have had children know it is so hard. And you better get to sleep because you know, Santa's coming tomorrow. It's like they don't care. And then we're so crazy as parents. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell you some of the things we've done as parents. But you take a limb and you just kind of tap it on the window. <gasps> There's Rudolph's antlers. You know, it's like, what? Then we want them to go to sleep. It's like, I would go to sleep. And I was like, wait up. Everyone say, wait up. Wait up, wait up. They didn't know when Jesus was going to show up. So. They had to wait up, saying it, this is what it will happen with us. In fact, Jesus says, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching or waiting up when he comes. Waiting up. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door. It will be good when the servant, for the servants who master... Find them watching when he comes. And he says this, Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Wait on them. Do you, do you see what's going to happen? He's going to reward us. All the things that you've ever been through, all the times you've given when you didn't have it to give, and all the times you were... You did the right thing and you were mistreated and yet you took the high road. There's going to be rewards from that. We need to be ready when Jesus comes. So I'm going to close with this. We're living in this church age. We're in between the two advents. We celebrate his birth, but we also celebrate he's coming back again. And until he does, 
The first time Jesus came, he came to earth. The next time he came, he came to earth in vessels. And the next time he comes, which is what we call the rapture of the church, he's going to take those earthen vessels, change them in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and give them new bodies. And there's going to be this elaborate wedding feast when Jesus comes for his church, the bride. The bride who has the extra oil. The five who were wise. And I know that that story is a parable and that it's, it's a story. But I've often wondered, why did Jesus show 50% and 50%? Isn't that interesting? That half that call him Lord wouldn't make it. That's an interesting thought. And it should direct us to make sure everyone knows and has a relationship. Some people know about Jesus, but they, they're just, that's, they know just enough to be dangerous. And they make up their own rules. But when you really fall in love with the one who came at the first advent, came and lived, died, rose again, so that we could have eternal life living in between. That's what we're doing. We're living in between the two advents. There's another advent coming. It is his second coming. And I'm so thankful that I can have that relationship with Jesus. But it's something you have to work on. It's something you have to do. You cannot steal your spouse's relationship with God. You cannot steal your mom and dad's relationship with God. Come on. This is something you have to do yourself. And when you start having a relationship with Jesus, there's a song that we used to sing, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between the Lord and I just keep falling in love with him over and over again. We are all planning for another wedding. It's a spiritual one. A wedding that will bring our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And he will come and split the eastern sky and he will come back for his bride. Just the same way that he went away, he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. That's why we dress up. That's why we light up. That's why we wait up. In this dual focus, we only know that he's coming, but we don't know exactly when. Are you ready for this advent? We are living in the in-between. Today, I invite you to make room for Jesus. Give him first place. Don't just give him the manger scene. Give him all of you. All of your vessel, all of your home. Make room for Jesus today.